This week, Wanzi's back hosting. An elite player himself, Wanzi says our guest this week is, quote, the greatest player that's played the game, unquote. He uses adjectives like brilliant, electrifying, fair, and magnificent. Welcome to the Camberwell Hockey Podcast. Wanzi's not alone. Emmett Hamid, writing in the Express Tribunal, says, quote, but one man arguably ranks higher than any other player in the history of the game. His control of the hockey ball, lightning runs from one end of the field to another, razor-sharp and accurate passes for the center forwards, made him the Maradona of hockey, unquote. Wikipedia says, quote, no player in the history of field hockey has left so much impact, unquote. Make sure to check the show notes this week for some links to this man in action. We're grateful for his time and thrilled this week to present Pakistan superstar and world hockey legend Shabazz Ahmed. Here's Wanzi. Firstly, it's just incredible privilege to have um, the, the greatest player that's played the game. He won't be embarrassed. He's heard it many times. But today's podcast from the Camberwell Hockey Club, I'm really excited to have Shabazz Ahmed, who, as I mentioned, was a, a great player in our time for his uh, electrifying pace, his skill, he was a magnificent player to watch, whether you were a Pakistan supporter, whether you're just a hockey fan, even his opposition, I'm sure, sometimes just loved playing against him. But thank you, Shabazz, for making time today. Uh, it is indeed the pleasure for me. It is another interview, but I'm happy that interview is t- taken by the David Wensbro, who is also one of the best players of Australia and my very good friend. Oh, what a nice man. I, I didn't even tell him to say that. He just said that. But <laughs> Shabazz is really quite unique for people of my age and older that watched him um, all around the world. He became just someone that you wanted to turn on the television or to be at a game. He, um, if we played against him in Germany or in England or in Holland, in Australia, Pakistan nationals would come from everywhere to watch. He was really quite Fantastic. A lot has been written about him a lot, um, and he's always remained a very modest, lovely person. So it's quite amazing. Here we are, many years later, to be catching up, having a talk, Shabazz, from his home uh, in Lahore or in Karachi, in Lahore? No, I'm in Islamabad. Islamabad. There we go. So tell me about life in Islamabad today. We were talking before this about your work now for the Pakistan International Airlines. I'm just interested to know how you would talk about life in Pakistan. Are things good at the moment in Pakistan or is it difficult at the moment? Uh, Actually, after the lockdown, you know, things were very complicated. People were deeply in trouble. As you know, we are not a very improved country and uh, we don't have much funds. We don't have good tax system that we can facilitate our uh, public. But uh, after the lockdown is over, uh, life is coming back, people starting enjoying their life, business is getting open day by day. And uh, I think because of very hot weather, we got help. We got natural help, you can say, from Corona and COVID. And uh, I think people are much safer now. It is not worse like other countries in a world. And uh, otherwise, life is okay. It's coming back. People are getting normal. And what about hospital systems? You know, in Australia, we're pretty lucky. We have a very good medical systems. Um, you know, they're very concerned about COVID, but, but we have good resources in Pakistan. That would be more, more challenging? It is indeed, because from 1947 till today, none of the government, 
they concentrate on school colleges they concentrate on uh, hospitals because and also on the roads because uh, these are the basic needs of a country i think none of them could do much because of this i think private hospitals if people have their own they made money also but they help people also so we could survive because we have very nice private hospitals in pakistan i mentioned uh, you now working for pakistan international airlines and can you just tell me about uh, what you do what is your role uh, what area do you cover actually i joined pia uh, when i was a hockey player just to advertise pia uh, not to work for pia uh, as you know wasim akram he is also pia employee and uh, sarfraz the wicketkeeper also pia employee moin khan many others you must be knowing all those cricketers uh, likewise i am also employee but uh, after uh, working uh, 20 years in pia uh, i thought that i'm graduate i can also work in a marketing department because marketing guy should be known to everybody and uh, when i joined as a marketing man i found success and uh, pia people they were also happy with me they sent me to saudi arabia as a country head because we have more than 500 frequencies for saudi arabia from pakistan and uh, in a marketing department you look after the reservation ticketing and you know you look after the people who travel a lot and then i was the district head of my hometown and i've been serving serving from last 12 years as a marketing man and uh, my character report is also very fine when i was in saudi for 4 years they gave me outstanding performance award and civil aviation of saudi also gave me an award for working good because you know if i am working in marketing i have a vision already because hockey is also a marketing sports you can say we go to various countries we meet many people so uh, this way i could help pakistan international airlines and then you of course recently had 3 years as the pakistan chief executive of hockey um which is always a you know i'm sure a challenging role because you know pakistan it's a topic we will talk about more um but it was so successful and obviously in the last decade it's been much harder to achieve the same success the sport has obviously got tougher and a lot more competition you had 3 years there as the ceo um did you feel like you made some a good contribution there no i really could not do a bit you know when i joined as a ceo first week of my tenure i did a press conference and i told them i am a ceo but i don't think i can do anything good when i say this entire press told me you must quit right now uh, i said you must ask me the reasons because when i don't have a base when i don't have any astrotrof under pakistan hockey federation when i don't have any hostel when i don't have a catering system when i don't have any talent hunt system how come you see we were in australia i remember when i went to melbourne fitness center you know you are in a world second i think after america you can say because you create atmosphere that you get sportsmen automatically we don't have a system that boys can get expensive shoes for astrotrof you can get a good quality of hockey stick and after playing on astrotrof the boys can get a good food because lot of boys we get who come from rural area who don't afford their food who don't afford their accommodation outside their city 
So until unless I get basic needs for the players where I can keep uh, different tiers of the teams, you know, under 16, 18 and 20, then I get a physical trainer from abroad who knows what is sports fitness. Sports fitness is really different. And in, when I saw a Pakistani team playing for the first time when I was as a CEO, they don't play the hockey which is internationally required. They hide themselves to get a ball. So do you think, uh, there's a couple of questions I have now. One is when you look back at your era and before your era, back to the 84 gold medal team, it's incredible to think what you did achieve. Uh, even then you had very limited resources really. Um, you, you don't have them now, but back then you, you didn't have fantastic resources. You had the support of PIA and the government, but what you achieved was quite amazing given you didn't have the Holland and Australia, the setup, did you? David, actually, you know, in if you go back to 1984, if you go back to 1994, passion was there. Hockey was famous, popular in our youth. If you come to Pakistan, I take you to Islamabad, Rawalpindi, Lahore. Uh, I take you to 10 outfields. You will get none of the outfield where boys playing hockey. My yeah. two sons, one is 24, one is 19. They say, Papa, you played a boring game in your life. I get the same thing. I get the same thing. At my, it's very difficult, isn't it? <laughs> David, if, I, if my kids play cricket in Pakistan and they are chosen for the national side, they not have to do any business. They not have to make themselves popular. They will get uh, automatically the popularity. They will get automatically the money uh, and they can survive forever. And in hockey, I, st I still remember, I would uh, mention one thing. You remember in 90 World Cup Lahore, 80,000 people were in a stadium. When World Cup was over, World Cup was over, uh, I was paid, uh, I think, $30, $40. Thank you, Shabazz. You played the World Cup. Amazing. Well, that, that semi-final in Lahore, not in yeah. the Gaddafi Stadium, I, yeah. I couldn't hear the whistle when I pushed the ball back to start the game, it was so noisy and they're yeah. all cheering for you. I do yeah. remember seeing you, uh, you won't remember this, but the day after you won the final, you were in the same hotel, the Intercontinental in Lahore. And exactly. I was at my floor and the lift door opened and you were in your blazer, your Pakistani blazer, holding the World Cup. And there was a lot of fans and people outside the hotel. So you were going down to the foyer to see them. I said, gee, I said, today you could be Prime Minister of Pakistan. And you said, <laughs> maybe not today, maybe in a little while. Uh, there you yeah. go, $30, incredible. I, I, it's just amazing. I mean, cricket, same in India, I guess. Cricket took off in India when it was very similar popularity to hockey. The good news, Shabazz, is when I get into a taxi here in Melbourne still, maybe after a late dinner after a, with Mr. Stacey, Jay Stacey, or one of our other good friends, I, I can get into a taxi and I might have a, a Pakistani taxi driver, mm -hmm. and I say to him, uh, what's your favourite sport? And they always say hockey, which is good. Yeah. And then I say, who is your favourite player? And they always say, your name. And I, I'm uh, always <coughs> – so, so you mightn't have the money that cricketers do, but you've got the fame, so that's good. I agree. Now, I agree. I agree <laughs> with you on this. Because some <laughs> of the cricketers, they were travelling with me. People did not recognise them. They recognised me. Because government of Pakistan gave me pride of performance and I am the only uh, recipient of uh, biggest civil award, Hilal Imtiaz.
So explain to me, explain to me those awards, the Pride of Performance. I read this. This is a Pakistan yeah. award. How many people and what is it? Can it be for anything? This award is given by the president of Pakistan when you do services in, in your own area and they recognize your services. And Hilal it is the biggest civil award which any civilian can get. He does something bigger. So I created history for my country and uh, Benazir Bhutto, the Prime Minister of Pakistan, she awarded me the biggest civ uh, civil award, Hilal Imtiaz, and I'm the only and I feel proud for that. I'm happy if I don't have a money that much, but the respect, the credibility, the image I have, I'm glad with that. Oh, that is incredible. And uh, I feel like I played, I played a good part in this because I let you get the ball all the time. So... <laughs> No, you did not. Ken Wog, Ken Wog, Ken Wog let me go. <laughs> Just. Yeah, well, that's a great story. Again, for people that uh, may not know the history, but there was a famous story in the 1994 World Cup in Sydney. People that were there or saw it on television, they still talk about the day that uh, Shabazz uh, took off on the 25-yard defensive line at a, at a speed that is hard to believe, incredible pace. And Ken Walk, who was the fastest defender, in the world, chase Shabazz, but uh, as fast as as Ken ran, he couldn't uh, catch Shabazz. He made a pass and scored a goal. So it's not much fun to lose to Pakistan, but you have to sometimes just say, "Well done." So going back to how you, you obviously started in your in your hometown as a junior, t tell us a little bit about that, and then I want to get to the 19. I think it was your debut in 1986 in Karachi. I think at a Champions Trophy because I remember this myself. But let's start. How did you? Your, your father played hockey and where you grew up? Actually, I belong to a small town which is called Faisalabad. And my elder, two elder, three elder brothers, they were used to, to play hockey. Then my uncle, uh, nowadays he's in United Kingdom, he was used to, to play hockey. And uh, I, in school, I was physically very fit. And I was equally good in soccer, cricket and hockey. And I think I was 14, 15, I took a decision that only I should play hockey, I should quit cricket and soccer. And uh, when I started playing hockey, when I was 15 years of age, I have a vision of all the games, wherever I went, which field I went, people got surprised that on a natural grass, my ball control, my stoppage, it was amazing. You can say God gifted, natural. And when I got this much of encouragement, I joined school hockey team. I was playing for a school and college people came to the school. They came and they say, Shabazz, when you pass the examination of school, even if you are a poor student, you must come to our college. And then <laughs> I went to that college, that school became champion, then that college became champion. Then Pakistan International Airlines uh, coach saw me playing domestically. He got shocked and surprised and the national team was going abroad and he offered me to play for Pakistan International Airlines. So uh, in 1985, I played my first national championship and uh, when I performed in that, I became the top scorer and uh, you can say I became discovery of that uh, event. And then I could join the national training camp for the first time in Lahore when Brigadier Atif was the secretary of Pakistan Hockey Federation. 
when i started playing in that training camp all the pakistani national star defenders like kazim zia like nasir ali you must be knowing they became so scared of me they say oh go away go away because we get a bad name you have that much of ball control and in in the first training camp and uh, national selection committee choose me for the national team and i joined my national team in 1986 somewhere in may maybe uh, it was india pakistan hockey series then i started my career and after 3 4 months i played the first champions trophy in karachi 1986 uh, where president of pakistan general ziaul haq admired about me and uh, Uh, he prays a lot and he told to the pakistan hockey federation president that look after shabaz health support whatever he needs and then my career started well i, I remember this very clearly because it was my first tournament for australia 1986 in karachi and uh, a few things i remember coming into the airport there were two customs officers Yeah. Uh, on one side was Kamiula and on the other side was Samiula for the again the people that don't remember they were the two fast wingers famous uh, race horses for Pakistan they were so fast and uh, because of their hockey they had become obviously important people in the airlines and we didn't I was very disappointed because I didn't get to get a stamp on my passport <laughs> because they just said come through go, we didn't have go. to wait you know go, get on the bus You're yeah. a VIP. That's right. Yeah. But then I remember when we got to the tournament. Of course, you, your arrival was met with um, incredible excitement and expectation. They were talking about you, which was great news for Pakistan, but not so good for me. I was playing right half, and I think <laughs> you were you were left wing. And I don't think I saw you for the first ten minutes. But the crowd was excited. And I, again, I did the right thing. I looked after you. I made you look good. <laughs> You made me a hero. <laughs> I made you a hero. All me. Now this is meant to be about you. This talk. So let's. Um, you then became, you know, incredible. Many many years watching you play, and I think the the, the signature or the thing that stood out was uh, your your pace, your decision making. Um, people saw your skill and your goals, but you, you knew every time that you'd play as you became more and more established. the germans particularly um not so much holland or australia but the germans would play many big strong players more than one two or three players trying to mark you and tag you yeah. um most of the time you you worked out uh how to deal with that but i did i did see sometimes i could tell that it was for you difficult and and you would have some days where you just found it very hard would that be true yeah that's right I agree with you because when I play against Korea, when I play against Germans, they invented double defense for me. They thought a single person is not uh, sufficient for me to hold. And uh, but I learned. I I tried to find the ways. And you know uh, the word you just used, my vision. Because before I get the ball, I knew. Uh, to whom i play where to go because i always make my distance short if you remember that uh, 1994 rundown when kenwag was running behind me i was like a wave a bit you know i took turn like that that kenwag no way can catch me if even he tries to catch me he has to come on my left side and if he tries to come that side of course he cannot reach me and you talked about at the start it was a god given gift you knew very when you were young that you had this this rare talent but i'm sure along the way you had some good coaches and some people that helped you uh, get even better did you have particular people that as as brilliant as you were did you have some people that you could talk to uh, with your game as you were learning 
I think through you, I would uh, like to tell the entire youth of Australia, nobody is my physical trainer. Nobody is my hockey coach. Even when I was in a Pakistan hockey team, I say I learn one thing from him. No. Uh, most of my hockey skill and improve my vision because seeing of Kalimullah, Manzoor Jr., Hassan Sardar, uh, you know, while I got a chance to play with them, what I did, I did not do any training. I kept an eye on them. Whatever good they are doing, I just watch, observe, keep it in my heart. When they leave the ground, then I go and do the same exercise. One thing, then whenever I see soccer game of Europe, especially, particularly soccer of uh, UK, they play very fast. I learn a lot from them. And for the little youth, I have a small message. You know, when you are playing on an astroturf and you want to be very good, you want to improve your stoppage, you want to improve your vision, you want to improve your skill, you must work hard on more faster things. Like an, you must play hockey on a floor, not on a wooden floor, not. Cemented floor you can play. You can play with the cemented wall and... Then, you, when you are younger, you must try to play against two, three opponents at one time just to improve skill. And you, when you see two, three hockey sticks trying to control you, you try to go through. You know, if you take stress while you are training yourself, I think you can improve much more. I saw many people when they do training, they want to take lighter game, lighter training, I think if you take more stress on you, even in Pakistan, before me, after me, I never saw uh, somebody is doing man-to-man -man marking with any of the Pakistani players. When I was used to, to play hockey, we play very open hockey like Australia, uh, I always get one person who, who, who was given a duty that don't let Shabazz receive a ball. When somebody just sitting beside me, I have to work really hard how to receive a ball. And when I receive a ball, where to go that I leave him behind. So these sort of things you need when you really want to create a history. Uh, well, this is amazing to talk to you because I was lucky to be coached where I was from in Melbourne from uh, Jim Irvine and Mike Craig. And they were huge fans of the Pakistan people you talked about, Hassan Sadar, Mahmood, all the great players before you. And the fact that we, we were trying to learn from them and you were using them as your um, people to learn from is, is incredible. It's, it's, um, they, they will listen to this and find it incredibly interesting that you're talking about these things. I, I guess then when you went and played against different countries, uh, you talked about Holland and Germany and uh, even Australia, you would have had to um, each time have a, almost a um, preparation for who you were playing. But I, I guess... Each time you would play a game, you would know that you would be marked. You, you would be the focal point. As you got more mature and experienced, did you get better at handling that? And also the country, you know, every time you played, the, the Pakistan country would expect you to do magical things. How did you handle that pressure? <laughs> I tell you, whenever we go Australia, Holland, Germany, I tell my colleagues who are of my age, or maybe younger ones, I tell them, these are big games. I saw some of my players' uh, matches being started, they start shivering. I go to them, I tell, listen, whenever you get a first ball, play it to me. When you give me the first ball, I will show you the confidence 
and with my confidence you can grow your confidence you people can be back in a game otherwise if you get two three four balls you will get a feeble stoppage uh, poor confidence you will not be back in a match so this way i give them confidence but as far as my confidence is concerned what you are uh, trying to ask me is this i always try to do situational things i never believe on one thing i tell you I, I, I see which area of outfield I am and accordingly I plan and there and then I plan. And uh, one more thing I would like to tell youth of your club, youth of Australia. Uh, Allah gave me the confidence that when I have a ball, my feelings, it's not today, I'm telling you by then. My feelings wa was like this, that David Wensbrook cannot touch the ball when I'm having the ball. It was my temperament. It was my confidence. I agree if two, three players there, I cannot go anywhere. Maybe I lose the ball. But when I have a ball, it is my confidence level, which helps me to run fast. Because when you don't have a confidence, you cannot simply run on the pitch. So, and I... Uh, uh, I, if I'm playing Holland tomorrow, I watch them today, I see who is the good defender, then I try to avoid that defender, I go to a weaker defender, so these sort of things you have to do. Absolutely fascinating. And what about the, the actual pressure of the country, when you, particularly tournaments back in, in Pakistan, where you know, people in Australia wouldn't understand, but massive crowds on television, front page of the paper, um, you, know, you were a, a rock star, really. H how did you handle that? You know, a lot of people wanted your time, the, the press, the presidents. Did you just hide away with the team in the hotel? How did you deal with all the, the, um, the, the, the adulation? Actually, uh, I, was, uh, I was very reserved, I tell you. I don't talk to foreign teams. I don't meet public people more. But I love the public. If they ever ask me for any photo, if they ever ask me for any autograph, I never say no to them. Because... If, I don't want to show them that I'm an arrogant. I tell you, it was my commitment with my God. If I become the world best, I will always say, just because of the support of the God, it was not me, because of my religion or whatever you can say. And uh, otherwise, if media wants to talk, I choose media people who have uh, uh, more nationalism. I talk to them. I don't want to promote any media people who are anti-Pakistan, who are anti-national game. And uh, as far as public is concerned, I never got a pressure because I know entire people, they want that ball should be with Shabazz. When I get a ball, I know uh, everybody will start shouting and my confidence, you know, it will grow gradually. I still remember in 1994, uh, we were going from the Novotel Hotel uh, uh, to the pitch. President of Pakistan Hockey came to me. He said, uh, today entire Pakistan is saying Shabazz has to do his magic to win the World Cup. So his, this saying can put me in a pressure, but I was just relaxed. I said, I'm fully ready for this. Uh, after the breakfast, I took snap of one hour. Nobody knows which room I was. I prepare myself physically. I prepare myself mentally. 
and I consoled the president. I said, I will put in my best on the pitch. You don't worry. And uh, if entire world is waiting for me, or entire Pakistan is waiting for me, I will prove today that uh, we, we can win the World Cup. And one more thing I would like to mention here, maybe before I forget. Uh, after winning the World Cup in Sydney, uh, New Zealand and Australian people, they came to me uh, because I know a lot of crowd was there just to see Pakistan, just to see me. So they say it is only you who knows how to play hockey. So I cannot forget it. <laughs> Yeah, oh, well, I think um, you know, the, the way you say it is, is absolutely spot on. People everywhere wanted to come and watch you play. So now in Pakistan, when you walk down the street, is it quite um, you know, normal? How, how do you get received now? Do you still get the same, you know, Sachin Tendulkar in India, I'm sure, would still get a lot of people. Is it not so bad now or can you go down the street? I feel really proud. After 30 years, still people can recognize me. They feel very proud, very happy. Actually, sometimes some people, they get a natural image. I, I, I am one of those hockey players who uh, the people love. I don't know why, what, you know, uh, maybe they expect a lot from me by then, but they recognize me immediately. Well, I think you carried yourself with such um, a lovely manner. You weren't arrogant. You were very no. modest, but inspirational. So I think that's exactly why. Can I just check something too? I saw on the notes that you were born in... 1968, which means you're around 52 years of age, which means that 1986 Champions Trophy, you were 16. No, 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 my, my, um, no, it was some confusion. My date of birth is 10th April, 66. I was maybe 19 or 20, yeah. Okay, so that's, that's why you're, you're only a little bit faster than me. I'm a year older than you, so that's why, <laughs> that's why I'm not quite as fast as you. But anyway, one day, I'm going to, one day I told you when I saw you recently, I said, when we get really old, I'm going to take you to a race over 100 metres. When we're about 80, <laughs> I reckon I can get you then. We'll see how we No, go. you will be fit more by then because <laughs> you, you still spend time on a pitch and you are busy with your daughter. <laughs> That's right. They keep you. Yeah. Now, tell me uh, about the world game hockey. I know we're both now no longer as involved, both of us, but we still love the game. Do you – I worry now with the Olympics, um, obviously – they're going to have try to have less cost and less people, and there's talk of, you know, maybe five a side and these sorts of things. That would be a shame. What what do you think? I mean, hockey needs to to stay relevant to um, obviously the Olympics, but just relevant to the young people. What sort of things have you thought about? Um, you know, in Holland, the game still seems very strong, very popular. Um, you know, Argentina seems to be doing a good job, but traditional countries, um, Pakistan and India, Australia, even. Uh, you know, we've got our challenges too. Have you thought about, do you have some opinions on what we need to do? Actually, you see, if you talk about Holland, it's a family game. Uh, in each and every family, one or two people play hockey. They take bicycle, they go and play. After then, Argentina, you know, maybe they have less than 10,000 people, but they play frequently. Uh, likewise, in Germany, they have a good club system. Australia, if you talk only about hockey, Australia is a different country because uh, if you see Olympic Games, if you see Commonwealth Games, Australian other sports are really, really good. But uh, just to keep uh, uh, more alive uh, Australia into hockey, I think Hockey 5 is also not a bad idea. You need a small pitch, you get more touches, you get uh, more goal scoring, you get a little more attraction. And spectators, they can really sit closer to you guys. 
and uh, the important thing uh, uh, it should be uh, made professional like soccer like cricket a bit uh, we should bring in some money because hockey is a wonderful sports to see i tell you since it is on a astroturf it's a beautiful game you can score a goal in couple of seconds if you want to see some good skills like tandenoyer like taco we still have some people like that so it can be improved this way if you bring in bring in some incentives yeah i think it's uh, it would be a, a great shame because it's a game that families um get a lot of enjoyment uh, it's it's as good as any sport on television but uh, we we don't seem to have really um captured the television audience around the world in some parts we have but not enough that's enabled um you know particularly in asia you know that's the if we could get that um you know um where it should be that would make a big difference i'm sure uh, finally um we've been going half an hour it's just i could talk to you uh, all day tell me um a little about your favorite memories uh, you had many many highlights but when you look back obviously the world cups were very special do do you, would your favorite memory be just the fact that you could play anywhere in the world and and always have this excitement that when you go out to play you know you would love playing the game i mean that's when i watched you there was just this excitement the way you played the way your team played when you look back what's your what's your most beautiful memories of the game as a player i i personally think i uh, uh, although i have played for a two decades but uh, the world cup i played in lahore i miss it a lot because that was the biggest crowd i got a chance to perform and uh, when we lost the finals from holland i still remember whole night i was on the road in a street uh, sitting in a car feeling strange i thought uh, if we win today i declared the best player of the tournament and uh, I, i'm the fittest in this tournament and uh, could create a history i was really really broken and i was not uh, mature enough because i hardly started hockey 5 years back in 1986 and uh, i think my physical fitness level was amazing in 90 in 94 as you know i got a hamstring problem and uh, whenever i look back i miss 90 world cup because for a sportsman for a hero it, it is the biggest thing that he is being acknowledged by the public and 80000 and i still remember in that match my father was outside the hockey stadium he was not to even make it to come in and watch the, the game you know we we hardly got enter into the hockey stadium because it was so damn full <laughs> It's been a lovely uh, talk to you but that little last bit left me a little bit upset because you told me that in 1994 you had a bit of a hamstring injury and I still think you were running about 140 kilometers an hour so and I couldn't get near you let alone Ken Walk so Ken Walk's <laughs> going to be upset too to hear that you actually had a a bad a bad hamstring imagine how fast if the hamstring had have been good you know Australian Australian team management they should give a motorbike to Kenwog to catch me on we that. We said we used to say that. We we need a motorbike to keep up with Shivas but uh, uh look it's been fantastic. Um I'm sure there's other areas to talk to you about. It's just uh, been wonderful. It's really nice to to uh, always talk to you. I wish you your family, your country all the best. It's an incredible place Pakistan. I think very lucky that I got to travel there and understand a lot more about it. It's um it's probably misunderstood. you know really by the rest of the world could you just comment to finish off and talk about pakistan you know as a country what you see the sort of the future and what you hope it might become uh 
I think I want to tell you two things. First of all, I want to tell you this, that I played against the world. But whenever I play against Australia, I really feel good. I enjoy hockey, my feelings. Secondly, as long as Pakistan is concerned, if tomorrow Australian team come, cricket team come, hockey team comes, you know, people of Pakistan, they will love you guys. You will get the hospitality which you cannot get even in your own country. Pakistan is a safe, peaceful country. Because of some intrigue, because of some negative media, message is given wrong. You know, if Australian team comes to us, lot of cricketers, they will start playing cricket. Lot of people, they will start playing hockey. I still remember whenever you guys come and you play in yellow shirts, Pakistani people, they feel proud, they celebrate, they enjoy. These are their feelings. And we love Australia as well. I tell you, I know my public, I know my government, I myself. I also love Australia. I love Australians. That's a lovely way to finish, Shabazz. Thank you so much. It's been incredibly special. I feel very lucky um, to have played against you, Candy was a friend, and lucky today that you've um, that you've spoken to us. I think just to f- finish to tell the audience, this is the, the greatest hockey player that's um, played on the planet. He was uh, fair and brilliant and just uh, magnificent to watch. So we, um, we just feel very privileged again to have had you today. All the very best, my good friend, for the rest of your, your life and your family. Thank you. Thank you, Wenzi. You've been listening to the Camberwell Hockey Podcast. We'd like to send a big thank you to our hosting team, our guests, and you, the listener, for your support. If you enjoy the show, please give us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. This show is recorded and produced by Camberwell Hockey Club in Melbourne, Australia. If you have any feedback, comments or questions, please find us on Twitter at Camberwell underscore HC or see more information on our website, camberwell.hockey. See you next week.